0: everyone, and welcome to another edition of Daily in the Word. We are in chapter 5 of the Gospel of John. Verses 16 through 30 today will be our text, and we'll be digging into a passage of Scripture where Jesus is confronted by the religious leaders. It is after he has performed the miracle of healing the man at the pool at Bethesda, the lame man who had been Lame for 38 years, he had performed that miracle on the Sabbath day, which, of course, the religious leaders said was out of bounds for Jesus to do that. So therefore, he must not be from God. He must be silenced. The crowds were very much into Jesus performing the miracles that he did. They were fascinated by that. Could this be the Messiah? Religious leaders weren't interested in that. Today we read this portion of scripture that deals with that subject. John chapter 5, verse 16, and we'll begin reading now. So because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jewish leaders began to persecute him. In his defense, Jesus said to them, My father is always at his work, to this very day, and I too am working. For this reason they tried all the more to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own Father, making himself equal with God. Jesus gave them this answer Very truly I tell you, the Son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his Father doing, because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. For the Father loves the Son, and shows him all he does. Yes, and he will show him even greater works than these Whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life, and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. Very truly, I tell you, a time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear it will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself." and he has given him authority to judge, because he is the Son of Man. Do not be amazed at this, for a time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done what is good will rise to live, and those who have done what is evil will rise to be condemned. By myself I can do nothing, I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is just, for I seek not to please myself, but Him who sent me. Now, because Jesus had done this miracle on the Sabbath, and there are a number of other places throughout the Gospels where we see Jesus doing these miracles on the Sabbath and doing other things on the Sabbath that the religious leaders thought was taboo, Jesus, it seemed like, disregarded their concern was not in agreement with them as to what constituted proper behavior on the Sabbath, and so they had this disagreement between them. It's not that he's breaking the Sabbath. He is being obedient to the Sabbath according to his father's original intent. That's going to come into disagreement now with the religious leaders. The religious leaders down through the centuries had come up with these extra Sabbath laws and regulations and traditions that they added to the original commandment back in Exodus 20 about the Sabbath, so as to provide themselves extra protection from disobeying that law that goes back to the original Ten Commandments. But in creating all of these extra laws, they created extra stuff that wasn't necessary for God did rest on that seventh day of creation. But that doesn't mean that God is not active on the Sabbath day. He sustains his creation, he gives life, he does all of these things in our lives on the Sabbath day, and what they were promoting was extra and above what God had originally intended for us to take that seventh day as a day of rest and a day of worship. Now, I will admit that much of this passage is difficult for our finite minds to understand. The relationship between God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and what we call the Trinity, is difficult for our minds to really grasp. We we can't really even describe, we can't use words and vocabulary to really describe what the Trinity is all about. We have these pictures of an egg or water ice and vapor to try to help us to understand but they're incomplete and they're not they're not good ways for us to really grasp the trinity and we really can't fully understand the trinity we can accept that the trinity exists that there is this great unity and union between the father the son and the holy spirit but we fully cannot understand that dynamic and jesus speaks to that dynamic when he refers to my father he refers to the relationship, the love that the Father has for the Son, how the Father has entrusted all things to the Son, including judgment. That it will be Jesus who sits on that great white throne judgment. It will be Jesus who we see as believers before the Bema seat, the judgment seat of Christ. And so we see this dynamic, this relationship between the Father and the Son. As Jesus explains, and, and boy, the religious leaders, they don't want to hear this. They hear Jesus referring to God the Father as my Father. they That's blasphemy to them. They think that Jesus is just completely wrong for referring to God the Father in that way. They see him as equating himself with the Father, which indeed he was doing, and rightly so. Yet they saw that as blasphemy because they weren't willing to accept not only that Jesus was the messiah they they weren't willing to accept that or that Jesus was even sent by God as a prophet or a guide or a rabbi, they just thought that Jesus was someone who needed to be silenced, indeed someone who needed to be put to death. Jesus, in talking about that dynamic, really begins to offend them really begins to to get them angry and to plot and to plan to put Jesus to death. And then in verse 28, Jesus begins to, in a sense, give us a form of prophecy. The Bible teaches us that when we die, we go to be with the Lord immediately, and yet our bodies, our physical bodies, our mortal bodies, our corrupted bodies— go into the grave, and yet on that day when Jesus returns, there will be this great resurrection when our spiritual bodies, which are in heaven and which will accompany Jesus on his second return, will be reunited with our new, resurrected, immortal, incorruptible bodies. This is a a reference to 1 Corinthians 15 now. And so we look forward to that day when that happens. Now, as we end our time in this passage today, I want to focus on verse 24 as just a way for us to understand some Bible study principles. And the principle here that we want to learn from verse 24 is the idea that language matters. The tense of the verbs matter. The way that things are stated matters in terms of how we understand the text. Verse 24, Jesus is speaking and he says, Very truly I tell you. That phrase, very truly I tell you, is in the Greek, just truly, truly, or verily, verily. It's the Greek word repeated twice. And he says, Whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me. Now, this is in the middle of his conversation dealing with his relationship with the Father, with his Father. And so it's not unusual for him to speak like this in this context, but listen to what he says, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me. And so let me ask you, have you done that? Have you heard the word of Christ and have you put your faith in him who sent Jesus? Have you put your faith in Christ and the one who sent him that he has come and he paid the penalty for our sin at the cross? and he rose again from the dead, have you put your faith in him? Look what it says next. Very truly I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me, watch this, has, present tense, eternal life. Notice that it's present tense there. It's not will have eternal life, or it's not even might have eternal life. It is a present tense, and it's has, Eternal life. In other words, eternal life is not something that you get when you die. Eternal life, you receive that the moment you cross that line of faith, the moment that you put put your trust and your faith in Jesus Christ to save you. That's when you receive eternal life. Notice the next phrase, and will not be judged or literally condemned will not be judged or condemned. Again, that's a future tense now. It's talking about your life when you stand before the Lord. You will not be judged. And again, it's not might not. It's not maybe. It is will not be judged. Notice how straightforward, notice how confirmed that statement is, that when you put your faith in christ to save you you have eternal life in the here and now you will not be judged on that day instead you have crossed over from death to life the finish of verse 24 but has crossed over from death to life again that's a past tense you have crossed over past tense from death to life in other words before You came to faith in Christ before you placed your trust in him. He saw you as being dead, as being dead in your trespasses and sins, as being already condemned, already assigned to an eternity apart from Christ. But when you placed your faith in him to save you, there was a crossing over that happened, past tense. You crossed over from death to life. He saw you as now being alive in Christ. He saw you as being forgiven of your sins. He saw you as having the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And you will never go back to the former. You can't cross over from death to life and then back again and then back again. This is a portion of Scripture that really speaks to the doctrine of eternal security. That when you place your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ to save you, he saves you for good. It is a done deal. It is not conditional life that you have when you trust him. It is eternal life that you have in the here and now. If you could somehow lose your faith, if you could somehow lose the gift of salvation, it means that what he gave you was not eternal but it was conditional based on your performance, based on how you live. But praise the Lord, our salvation has nothing to do with our performance. It has nothing to do with how well we keep it because it is kept by him for us. We are kept by his grace and by his mercy for eternity. Oh, I I pray that you would be able to to truly grasp and understand and accept this idea that when you trust Christ as Savior, that you belong to him and you will never be condemned. Instead, you've already crossed over from death to life. Once that gets settled in your heart and life, that will allow you to grow in your faith because you're trusting the one who keeps you. You're trusting the one who has your very life and your eternity in his hands, and it's not dependent on you. It's not dependent on your behavior. But of course, for the one who is truly saved, for the one who has understood that eternal life comes through Jesus Christ alone, and I can add nothing to it, that person who has accepted that gift lives a life that says, thank you, Lord, for what you have done Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Thank you for making me a part of your family. Thank you, Lord, for making eternity in heaven with you a reality. Well, thank you again for listening today, and I hope that you will be blessed as we spend time in the Word of God together like this. Again, I encourage you to invite your family and friends to listen in. encourage you to subscribe or to follow whatever that button is there On the platform that you use that helps us out tremendously. And I look forward to finishing out chapter 5 with you next time here on Daily in the Word. Thank you for listening. I pray that you have a great day. So long.